Oh, Harry Smith. It wouldn't surprise me if Harry Smith had actually just asked for his release. Um, because, I mean, there's a lot of legacy wrestlers in AEW, and it's, that seems to work for them. I, I and, think Harry, yeah. and we could have the reunion of the killer, killer elite squad, him yeah, and true. Lance Archer. Yeah, I like that. That'd be another cool. solid tag team to the division yeah. right there. I agree. I agree. I think that'd be very cool. I and think that, yeah. Yeah, and Archer won't have to just lose all these singles matches all the time. Right. Right. I mean, Metal League, Lindsay Dorado, I think AAA is definitely where they end up, and I think that's good. I mean, AAA seems to be doing better now, too. Looks like their business is kind of ticking back up. So Or CMLL. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or CMLL as well. Um, lots of lots of work for them south of the border. Um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it'd be nice to, like, fantasy book some of this. And also, though, you know, I mean, like, we didn't even, haven't really, really even talked about all the stars from AEW. Did you see the leaks that they said that, like, a... Uh, Jonathan Gresham signed with AEW, even though AEW hasn't like officially announced it. Well, that's amazing because Brian fucking Danielson versus Jonathan Gresham is a match I've been wanting to see for such a long time. Ever since pretty much Gresham came on the map as like that new pure ROH guy. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, you know, there's value there. I think that that's that's a really good pickup, too. Um, I don't know if it's true. Again, these are just leaks. We're just talking about rumors at this point. Uh, something that's not a rumor, though, it's a major headline, is the John Moxley situation. Um, I know that Wex had tweeted out about it, but I do want to say, like, yo, listen, like, we don't like Moxley's wrestling. I don't, I mean, like, I don't wish him poorly as a person. I hope he recovers well. I hope he gets better for his wife and his family. I hope he gets better for the fans that do enjoy watching him. Um, you know, that's the good thing about wrestling is that it's different for everybody. Some people like Moxley. I just don't. Um, but Hats off to him for, for you know, taking that plunge and doing what's right for his health, for sure. Yeah, and if you guys read the tweet, you know, that's 100% our sentiment here. You know, not a fan of his in-ring work, but as a human, you know, he's a great guy. Don't want to wish any ill will upon anybody, and it takes a lot of guts and a lot of balls yeah. to, you know, admit you're fucking up and go in there and get the treatment that you need, which is, you know, tough. I know I've known a lot of people that have done the same thing, and it took them a while because when it comes to drugs and alcohol, you're – you're not going to be able to convince anybody. They're going to make the decision when they want to do it. So yeah, that's totally. off to him for making the right decision. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. That's awesome for sure. What else do we have in the news? Do we have anything else left on the docket? I mean, that was some very serious news right there. Only thing I can think of is that uh, AJ Gray and Effie are going to be on, wrestling on ROH TV for the GCW tag titles against the Briscoes, which is pretty cool. That's a nice oh, that is cool. news tidbit. They're going to be on ROH TV, even though it's in the final days. I mean, AJ Gray and Effie are going to get to say they were in ROH. That's pretty true. cool. That is true. That's a nice little touch. I enjoy that. Well, let's get into the show here. Uh, let's start right off with, you know what, which one do you want to do, Wex? I'm going to give you dealer's choice. You want to start with Survivor Series or Genesis? It's both nostalgia shows, so we can really dive in from either direction. I think uh, we should start with Genesis this time. Okay. All right, let's do it. So we're going uh, in our Wayback Machine, 15 years to 2006. It's TNA Genesis. Um, uh, the card looked fun, um, so that's why it was picked. But uh, let's get into it. It's a pretty decent opening package. Um, definitely not you know, on like the WWE level, but definitely good for what it was. Uh, Mike Tanay and Don West were on the call. And then the opening match here is like the Emo Kids. I don't really know if they had like an actual name, but they were just super emo. Um, <sighs> It was like uh, Johnny Devine and Frankie Kazarian and Maverick Matt or whatever. They they had a name because when I was uh, just looking up the card, I saw the name of the team, but they didn't actually say the name on the broadcast. But I can't remember. It was some weird like 
like you said, some emo type name. Something, yeah, it was not good. Like it wasn't memorable. Uh, I mean, it's them versus the Voodoo Ken Mafia or VKM, which is really just the New Age Outlaws. Uh, the match was bad. Uh, starting the, starting a pay per view off with a two a three on two handicap match is about as TNA LOL as you can get. Um, it's essentially a squash too. And they just do like other DX moves and then they cut a promo on WWE. So like the first thing that you open your pay-per-view with is a bad match and a dig at Vince. I think that's really dumb. I think it's a bad match, uh, bad promo. I give it a dud. Um, what'd you give it? I'm right there with you with a big old zero dud for this match. The only thing that was cool about this match was Slick Johnson wearing fucking shorts and high top. Yeah, what is that? That always pops every time he has on the high top, the skate high vans, fucking gym shorts tucked into his fucking referee shirt. That always pops me with Slick Johnson. But besides that, like you said, it was just a bunch of bullshit taking digs at WWE. Like he did a pedigree, uh, tuned up the band for the super kick. Like, yeah, it was just whack. Like it was a it was an angle that WWE just no sold. So it was just fucking stupid. Like, yeah, I made. Yeah, I made no sense. Salty. Old Road Dog and Billy Gunn were on drugs and very salty at this point and thought this was a funny angle to do, and it was just fucking whack. So gets a big old dud. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, let's jump right into it here. It's Mike Tanay and uh, and Don West. Yes. Right? Yeah, That's Mike Tanay. Don West and Mike Tanay. I yeah, tried Mike to do it. Tanay it wasn't very Don good. West. They run down the card. Uh, the emo kids kind of come back out after they already went. So they go to the back. And, like, VKM cuts that promo. And then, like, they come back out to, like, sacrifice Divine. And then we find out that Raven is the Redeemer, which is, I don't know, not a surprise, I feel like, knowing TNA. Uh, And it's like, why not just stay ringside? Like, why not have just, like, laid out on the ringside and let them finish their promo? And then, like, you guys, like, get back in the ring. And then that makes more sense for you guys to walk all the way back. Let, like, Road Dog cut, like, a, I don't know, one minute long promo at most, like maybe a minute and a half. And then you come right back out. It just, I yeah. don't know. felt really dumb. Felt really stupid. Uh, Shane Douglas and the Nationals had a promo in the back and that was actually pretty solid. So, um, then the next well, match on the he, card. Bait, no, Shane Douglas cut a promo for the Nationals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, that's true. what happened. I, sh- I should have rephrased that properly. Yes. Yeah. Shane they, Douglas they cut the couple, promo. They threw a couple yes and patted at the table and we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's about it. It was, it was all franchise on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next uh, the next match here, though, is actually Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt versus the Naturals. Um, I actually thought it was a pretty solid tag team match. Um, and nothing really stood out as exceptional, but it was pretty decent work. Um, Jay Lethal definitely hadn't quite his prime yet. Um, and I don't honestly know if he had very good chemistry with Sanjay as a partner. I thought both guys were good as, as singles, but it did kind of feel like two singles guys wrestling a tag team. I will say the Naturals, bell to bell, were a pretty damn good tag team, especially at this point. Um, but yeah, I just don't think there's any stakes here. There's nothing like to make you really invested in this match. So the work was what it was, but there was no like, you know, there was nothing emo- like no story to really attach it to you. So I just went right in the middle with it. I gave it three beers because I thought the work was pretty good. It was just that it wasn't really much of a story there. Uh, Wex, what do you think about it? I didn't quite go as high as you, and it was a pretty solid match. But there's a few little botchy spots and i don't know i disagree on the sanjay dutt and lethal thing like i felt a few of their tag team moves at least at least their entering work together was pretty fluid and smooth but like you said their looks and their chemi- like the vibe did not match yeah. up very well yeah yeah that's but like I mean. their work in the ring like everything yeah. was nice smooth and crisp and they worked a completely different style in contrast to the naturals here they were doing totally. uh 
just like I don't know. It was more of like an old school. They were like working old school tag team in here, and Lethal and Sanjay were working the more modern, fast paced style. And it was a good little contrast, like you said, solid little opener. But a few, those few little things that just didn't really click all the way for me gave me a two point five. I didn't go all the way for that full third beer, but you know, it it, it could have happened. They just maybe they just changed up the way they. I don't know. A few little things in the match could have done it for me, but yeah, I'm almost there with you. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you over half a beer. That's fair. Um, the next thing we get in the back, though, is LAX. Um, and then they're, like, cutting a promo on politics. And I just hate it. I, I just hate that vibe. I mean, I know Conan's a good promo, but I don't know. It's just so lame and played out. I feel like it's – I feel like it was played out in the 90s, this whole, like, anti-America versus America angle is just so lame. Like, I just – I don't know. I can't get behind it at all. Um, luckily we did get a nice package for like the heel version of Chris Saban here. Um, and then we also got a pretty solid Christopher Daniels promo. So this actual backstage segment, even though I didn't like the LAX thing, like I, they, it was delivered well, even though I just hate that. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude, I understand because how many times, even in recent memory, have we had the foreign guy versus um, USA and USA is bad. Even here in the TNA, the crowd was like kind of like half-hearted about it. They didn't really care that much. Yeah, you kind of got a few USA, but even they didn't really care at this point. Like no. they got to realize that shit. Come on now. Yeah, this ain't fucking carny days no more. No, it most certainly is not. Um, luckily, the next match here is is Chris Saban versus Christopher Daniels, um, and it, I thought it was a pretty damn good match. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, it was a little slower than I expected. Um, and it might be another situation where I just had like really high expectations from the jump. Um, but there were a lot of rest holds in the beginning. Um, now I did pick up towards like the middle and then like the, ver- like, I mean, there were some amazing false finishes in there. It rounded out really, really well. Um, Rudy almost totally botched the finish on the count. The referee <laughs> did almost totally ruined it. A casual fan wouldn't have known, but you know, we're professional nitpickers Dad. on the show. Um, so it is, it is what it is. Um, it was a good match. First half was a little slow, but the Jerry Lynn edition was a good add in to the story and there being a storyline there helped it quite a bit as well. I went four and a half beers on this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, not too crazy, but I went four and a half on it. What'd you think about it? I mean, I didn't quite go as high as you, but it's really only another half a beer disagreement on the match. Cause I went gotcha. four beers and I enjoyed the way it started. I like how it started slow, like some chain wrestling, some rest holds. And like you said, the momentum just slowly built all to the crazy shit at the end. Yeah. And like there were some really sick like counters and reversals that they did with each other in this match. And I just liked it. Like it was like it was just I don't know. They have really good chemistry together like they always have. And I like the whole what you get later in the night with the whole thing with the chair with AJ Styles. Like they planted the seed for that, which was good. Like everything was there. Like I love that catch into the Death Valley driver. That was fucking sick. Chris da- Christopher Daniels, you know. He's a legend, so is Saban when it comes to the X Division and that style of wrestling. But that botched ending is probably what took that ha- – or near-botched ending is what took that half a beer because it could have been four and a half beers for me also. But Rudy Charles, you know, I guess he was uh, – he, he knew what he was doing at this point. You know, sometimes shit, you know, you fuck up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But happens. at least he didn't – at least this wasn't a modern indie and show, you know. At least this wasn't a modern indie show and the crowd didn't go, you fucked up, you fucked up. Because yeah, that was a, yeah. definitely a you fucked up moment. Yeah, for, it was for sure. I, again, too, like, I think the Jerry Lynn edition kind of pushed it that half a beer for me, like the end, like the post-match thing. I enjoyed oh, okay, that part okay. of it quite a bit. Um, so I'm just a huge Jerry Lynn mark. So the rating in the, the post-match into the match rating? Yeah, I mean, if it's all, like, within one thing, then yes. Okay, if it's, like, okay, obviously then. a completely different segment, then no. But, all right. um, 
but yeah, I felt that it was good. Um, I see you know. And then let's uh, let's keep it rolling here. So, uh, Kevin Nash is in the back, uh, and there's this weird like selfie style promo, and they have like the it's him and Austin Aries and Alex Shelley, Austin and they have this star, okay, Austin, yeah, Austin star. star, whatever. <laughs> and they have like this Anchorman exchange, and it was like I actually felt like it was super funny, but it was super cringe, and I feel weird that I kind of liked it. Like I was actually pretty entertained by it. Like I thought it was really funny. Uh, like I laughed at it far more than I should have. Um, and then like, yeah. What did, what did you think about that? I want I want to want your input on that. I feel like that promo was just a little bit ahead of its time. Like back in 2006, it probably didn't hit the same way, but Kevin Nash was cracking me up this entire show. Anytime Bro. he said anything on oh commentary, my like, God. I, was, and commentary. I was watching the show on my phone with my headphones in. So like I could hear every, like, it was just like, I don't know. I usually don't pay as much attention to the commentary when I don't have my headphones in, but Kevin Nash was popping me with like everything he did on this oh, entire show. It was hilarious, man. I was super into it. I thought it was super funny. Um, and then we get to the actual match here, and it's Austin Starr and Alex Shelley versus R-Truth and Lance Hoyt. Okay, listen. This is what we need to have. We need to have for our TikTok, it's very, very crucial, that we have a, like, a duet of, like, just Lance Hoyt or Lance Archer doing his, like, best ghetto white boy, like, dancing moves at the top of the stage and just make that a gif, like, and see he's, if we can, like, match him. He's, like, like pop-locking and trying to do the robot and shit. Oh he's, just, he's, try, he's just trying to match our truth movements. And it's hilarious, like... It is, uh, dude. Especially, especially knowing, like... Lance Archer now. Exactly. Like, oh exactly. my God. You have to see this. Like, honestly, this match is trash. Don't worry about the match. But like the actual, like just, the, just the entrance, like if you can just Google TNA Genesis 06, Austin Sar, Alex Shelley versus R-Truth or just, I guess, uh, Ron Killings and Lance Hoyt. But dude, I swear to God, just the entrance, seeing Lance Archer try to like B-boy dance is, yeah, I like, like He's I totally like, it like trying to pop lock times. and like oh. do all like the like yeah do the b boy shit. He's going for it oh. and it's not working because he's a big stiff dude who doesn't do that shit naturally. Yes. yes, and so for some stupid reason too, Lance Hoyt is the one that they picked to take all the heat here. It's weird having the smaller team be in the heels. It just doesn't <sighs> feel right. Um, and they have him taking all the heat and he's not really good at selling. Um, and then. I mean, the highlight of this whole thing is definitely Kevin Nash on, on commentary. I mean, commentary was absolute gold. Um, I mean, God, dude, but Lance Hoyt, like, Jesus, the the value of entertainment. I mean, the, the man highlights, the straight hair, like, the straightened hair, it was just, oh, it's too much. Man, it was, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed laughing at Lance Archer in this match, and that alone, I legit gave this thing two whole beers just for Kevin Nash's commentary and Lance Hoyt looking no like way. an idiot. Yes. Because I also gave this thing two beers just for <laughs> yes. the, the pure ridiculousness and just sheer insanity of this match. Like, <laughs> I, like R-Truth, honestly, uh, like he, for the working uh, part of the match, R-Truth was hitting some sick shit doing oh, all no. of his classic yeah, moves. Great. Looks just yeah. as good as he does today. Like today, it's crazy. And does R-Truth own his song? Yes, it's his song. Because like that song, the, the song he comes out till this day, the What's Up, that's the song he came out to with the Genesis 06. And I was like, dude, our truth is smart. He owns the rights to his own song. He was getting his custom themes before anybody else. Yeah. Because he's had that since fucking 06 and still rocking with it. He's had like. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's had it since like 
02 or 03, yeah. Well, he's, he's had little variations of it, but it's essentially been the same song ever since yeah. then. And, dude, Kevin Nash on commentary. I'm going to go back Jeez. to that. He, he calls out Lance Archer's uh, – he calls out Hoyt's tramp stamp. Oh, God. He goes, what is that tattoo on his lower back there? What is that supposed to be? <laughs> I was like, God damn it, dude. He's just like uh, quintessential, like, asshole cool guy. Uh, Oh God, I love Kevin Nash, man. He's one of the few, like, he's one of the few wrestlers that I feel like I would have a really good time just like sitting down and like drinking a six pack with. You know what I mean? He's fucking hilarious. Like, it, this just like reminds me of him, like in some of those random like YouTube shoot interviews, like that style of him just being like a casual funny dick. I don't know. Good shit though, but like we said, the match really wasn't much to speak of. You know, Nash called out the tramp stamp, and that was probably like the highlight of the entire match. Uh, a little shenanigans in the end cost yeah. them match, but you know, yeah, it was it was very TNA, very TNA indeed. And speaking of, let's just keep it rolling here. Uh, in the back, we get a nice little package for Styles and Christian Cage. Production looked good on it. The Christian promo was okay, uh, but the production quality on the audio made it barely like audible whenever he wasn't yelling. And so, whoever was running audio on this show deserves to be kicked in the face because it was just that was really bad. The audio was not good as as Wex drops his microphone and makes all kinds of ridiculous noise. Exactly. That's what I was going to say <laughs> as I drop my fucking mic over here. But yeah, the match here is AJ Styles versus Christian Cage. It's a, okay. So uh, again, I think this is a case of me having like really high expectations for a match. Um, and I don't really feel like it delivered. Um, it was a very WWE style match and that's okay. But it's AJ Styles of 2006, not AJ Styles of 2015 or 14 or 16 or whoever. Um, I mean, I don't know. Both dudes are super over. And even though it's a slower pace, like, mm, like most of Styles matches, it's still, it's still pretty solid work, but it get, it got pretty clunky. Like there were actually just missed spots and like out of position things. It wasn't so much like botches as, as much as it looked like they were just clashing. Like, like, I don't know how else to say it without sounding like gimmicky, but like the, their styles were clashing. It just didn't, it didn't seem to be working. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and I get that you're needing to push the angle with Daniels and styles, but that finish sucked. The finish totally sucked and it really took me out of it. Um, and so I actually only gave it two and a half years, man. I was really upset about it. Wow. Well, uh, we're kind of on the opposite spectrums here. I will agree with a couple times. Like you said, they just kind of had some clashing of their styles, but I did not think it was certainly a two beer match. Yeah, two and a half. I mean, two and a half. I mean, yeah, shit, I but still it. nothing like that. I mean, there was a few little botchy things. A little tope was kind of botchy. But, dude, AJ Styles at this point, even though this wasn't like a, the typical fast-paced AJ Styles match, his moveset and, like, everything at this point in his career, he was so fucking smooth and good. Like, this was Oh, peak, for sure. This was probably peak, like, best version. Not to say best version, but best, like, the most athleticism. I'll say that. Ooh, the most, I, don't know, I don't know. I think I think I think it was like oh nine. I think it was a couple years after this, like right around the time, like right before, right before Hogan and Bischoff came in. That's when he was like top notch. But he was still very good here. Like some of the shit yeah. he was doing, oh, yeah. I'm just like yeah, god yeah, damn. Sure. And yeah, he doesn't phenomenal. even do some of those moves anymore. But I did not go as low as you. I went three beers. I thought it was like a pretty solid in the middle match. Like you said, higher expectations that. because it's goddamn AJ Styles and Christian Cage. You yeah. think it's going to be a barn burner? I mean, it was pretty good, but. You know, it could have been a little better. And they, yeah. you know, they've had better matches, I'm pretty sure I've seen on other shows besides this one. So 
Well, Christian must own his song too, because I mean, obviously. He's well, no, been... uh, actually, I mean, I think he or some Tony Khan probably got the rights from TNA because there's only two places uses AEW and TNA, and we've already established on this podcast once before that Christian Cage is one canon and Christian is the WWE canon. Like Christian right. Cage, the AEW TNA side, that's like a yeah. whole different universe. That's the person that AEW signed. Exactly. Right, 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 right. No, I get that totally. I get that totally. Okay, well, uh, the next thing in the back. Um, okay, well, actually, before we get to the back, Rhino comes out because that makes sense. Um, and he tries to make it better with, like, a promo. Um, and it makes the finish even worse to me. And especially, when, I mean, like, the highlight of the entire thing is, like, Rhino goes on and on and on. And then AJ's like, thanks, Dr. Phil. If I need therapy, I'll ask for it or something like that. And, like, that was funny. But, like... I don't know. Yeah, especially ah. his thanks, Doctor Feel. His uh, yeah, he's so his he's deep so Georgia tough. accent. Yeah, it's insane. Like, I know we're from Tennessee. I know most people listen to this who aren't from the South probably think, "Oh God, you got sound like Southern or whatever." But like, dude, AJ Styles is that deep slack jaw Southern. Yeah, that yeah slack jaw. That's a good way to say it. But I like that. I like that slack jaw. Okay. Uh, yeah. So then we get AMW and Gail Kim with a promo in the back on LAX. Uh, it was better than the Rhino promo, but it was still a pretty crappy patriotic promo that was already stale and tired even 15 years ago. Um, and then, you know, they let James Storm talk and it becomes a little more racist, uh, which is great. Good. Good job there, James. Uh, <laughs> and then let's get into the actual <laughs> match here. It's uh, AMW versus LAX for the NWA Tag Team Championships. Man, what did you think about this one? I mean, you want me to be honest with you? Yeah, be honest. I thought it was pretty shitty. I didn't. I didn't think it was shitty, but go ahead. I did not like it very much at all. I gave this match one beer. I almost ran a little bit worse, dude. And it wasn't because of AMW. It was really because of Hernandez. Like, Hernandez just fucking sucks, dude. I don't know how many shoulder tackles this dude did in this match. And I've seen him work better matches, but at this point... I don't think I have. I feel like people are always like, oh, no, Hernandez, he's No, great. I've seen him work have Lucha Underground. Have we? He worked some good shit. I've seen him work some pretty cool shit in Lucha Underground that wasn't that bad. I don't know. But it was, like, more more wild, like, brawly-type stuff. It was, wasn't was a regular fucking wrestling match. And uh, this was not a Matt Classic. And I don't know. I just... Hernandez really took this out of me. All them shoulder tackles... This match, it went way too long. Like, I just don't understand. And the post-match angle was dumb as fuck. The Canadian comes out to help the Americans, so the flag, the American flag doesn't get burnt. Like, stupid. It was just whack to me. The whole stupid. Story, everything combined with this match is what gave it the one beer for me. Only reason I didn't give it a dud is because they went out there, they worked, they tried to make something happen out of this, but I was just not a fan of this. And I, the LAX theme is a low-key banger too. So. Maybe their theme even gave them part of that beer rating, but dude, see, I think I'm on. I'm I'm literally on the flip of that. Like I I think maybe it's because like the reverse from the last match. Like I had such low expectations going into the match that like I expected it to be really bad, and so maybe just because that it was decent, I feel like it was better than it was. Uh, because I thought I was actually pleasantly surprised. I thought that like the only because to me it was like the only actual clunky work was from Hernandez, and I have gotten to a point now where I'm used to him just being trash. So like I didn't. I expected that of him. And I actually thought that like James storm specifically, I thought I was like, he worked better in this match, in this match than he has most of his career. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Well, he was probably in some of the best shape in his career in this match. I, I agree. But Agreed. His tag team partner was already like looking like he was two thirds of the way to Braden Walker at that point though. That's true. That's true. That's true. They were, they were close. I mean, the finish sucked for sure. 
Um, but it, I get that it was a lot of heat. Uh, again, like I, I think the reason why I gave this a little bit of a higher rating is because I do feel like there, were, there was more vi- like story here, regardless of how I hated the story or not. It was, it was a story, and there was investment at least like to the crowd. Um, and then you know the Cornette and Petey Williams thing. I don't know. I mean, Cornette like stripping them of the NWA tag titles just felt really weird to me. I don't know. That, that felt super old school, and it's like I feel like 2006 is such a weird year because we're not that far removed from the Attitude Era. But like, we're not, we're about equal parts from attitude era to we are like modern vibe. You know what I mean? So it's like five or six years in either direction. Like, so to me, it's like, oh, six is literally like the cusp. It's like you have half wrestlers that are working like, uh, like the naturals, you know where it is? Like, you know, lock up, headlock, body I mean, slam. That's a perfect example of this entire show. Like, I mean, earlier yeah. I was talking about that. Like you got the modern style versus the old school style. Yeah. 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 And we're, we're going to keep going with that theme here too, but I don't know the Cornette stripping them of, of the LAX stripping LAX of the NWA titles felt really, really old school. Um, I didn't hate old it, school. but old school for sure. Um, and then the, uh, the next thing we get is James Mitchell with a pretty solid promo, uh, on behalf of abyss. Uh, about Sting and their little angle. Um, and then we have the match here. It's Abyss versus Sting for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I mean, it's a brawl. I thought Sting looked great. Um, I thought the match wasn't, uh, but the crowd was hot for it for sure. The ref bumps were egregious. Um, I mean, props to Sting for taking the tack bump, too, for sure. It was way too much gaga, though. I mean, the hung-up spots where he's hanging from his ankles and he gets hit with, like, the chair a couple times. That was cool, but it took way too long to set up, I thought. Um, and then the big bump was nice off the top. But, like, the fact that there's, like, eight ref bumps and then, like, Sting pushes him one time too hard and it's a DQ in, like, a barbed wire match. Like, uh, like it was, okay, listen, the actual work, the work wasn't that bad. It was just overbooked. And either way, I gave it, I mean, it was trashed because it was so, so poorly booked that I gave it literally a zero. Uh, And then Abyss wins the title on a DQ. What is that? What is that? Wex, what do you think, man? Man. Like when the match started, like even like to the kind of the, say the first, first third of the match, I was like, okay, this, this could, this could, this could turn out to be good. You know, I never really see staying in these types of matches. And then when I saw yeah. like the thumbtack bump, I was kind of invested. And then all the bullshit started happening, like in the end and the finish, especially dude, like how long it took him to set him up to hang his ankle. He couldn't get the thing around his foot. Yeah. He was struggling, to get it over his heel. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, this is just too much. Like it was a WrestleMania 10 situation for sure. Dude, it was outrageous. I'm like, Come on, get with the match. I get it's supposed to be a hardcore match, but this is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, you're trying to hang him by his feet to hit him with a chair a few times just to signal the guy to lower it down. Like, it's just, it was just way too much for the match. And one of the only positive highlights of this match for me is, of course, I told you I was watching this on my phone and had my headphones in, and I audibly hear some redneck in the audience say, Come on, Sting, let's go, baby! <laughs> like right there next like and i was like oh, okay and that, that 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 got me back in it a little bit oh that's funny but dude and and dude not just that foot thing when they set up the double tables at the beginning with the barbed wire boards that took for like i know it's wrestling and it's not fucking real but you even in deathmatch wrestling they don't take an hour to set up a fucking thing like you right. gotta yeah 
You got to like no, have agree. some have a sense of urgency when you're doing something like that. So it at least suspends our disbelief just a little bit. So it makes a little bit of sense. And there's just a little botchy stuff there. And that dude, just like the fucking DQ title change over a shove. That was the most egregious TNA thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah, it was bad. I, it really pissed me off. I, I gave it point. Seven five beers, like almost a full beer, because of that uh, little redneck in the crowd going the Sting baby that popped me. And because <laughs> Sting Sting tried, and Sting looked kind of disappointed that he went through all that bullshit. So that for the boy, redneck and for Sting, I, w- I want that redneck man to like make an appearance on the show like every week from now on. <laughs> like hey, uh, he said uh, he's like all right, let's go Sting baby, you know. <laughs> it's like dude, Sting's my favorite wrestler. Like I've been watching Sting since '89. I mean, I love Stank. All right. All right. Yeah, let's get it, man. Oh, God, that's good. I I would hope to uh, hear from the Redneck Superfan uh, uh, again very soon. But let's keep it rolling here. Man, I had really high hopes for the show, but the card, um, I got to be honest, it's pretty piss poor. Like, I looked at the card, and it's like the matchups looked good. And then we get to the, the show, and it's TNA, and somehow managed to screw it all up. And they TNA'd I, themselves. They TNA'd it. I love, dude. And sometimes, like, listen, I like Jeff Jarrett's new show, My World. If you haven't checked it out, you should. It's a great show. It's really fun. It's good content. But, like, he, like, vehemently defends some of this. And it's like, this is bad. Like, he's like, oh, you know, listen to the people. You listen to, look, yeah, the, most of the people were dead for this match, man. Plus, it's Orlando. These people are coming every week. They're half drunk. It's cheap. It's cheap to get, what do you mean? Listen to the people. These are terrible angles. Like, I don't know, just really bad stuff kind of a bummer i will say the package for samoa joe and kurt angle was great even the production value of it was very very oh well. yeah i have a, actually have a note about that that's really good yeah, yeah it I was love, really I well put together part. yeah i thought it was i thought they did the most with what they had at the time it looked very on point with uh like top end stuff of that time um yeah and then that's that's actually the, the main event here it's samoa joe versus kurt angle um man i thought the crowd was hot for sure which was great uh, and the chemistry was instant. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you could feel like those dudes had it right away. Uh, and both dudes are just megastars. I mean, both dudes are Hall of Famers. I mean, I know Kurt already is, but, I mean, no doubt Samoa Joe will be one for sure. Um, even Hebner, I feel like, played his role pretty perfectly. Um, this is easily match of the night, bar none. Easily the highlight of the show. Um, Angle took a little too long getting color, uh, but, damn, he got a gusher. Um, and I mean, Joe almost broke his neck on one of those Germans, uh, that like, oh, it, it looked like he was wanted to do a flip out of it and then kind of changed his mind last minute. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. The submission trades are really cool. Um, Joe finally tapping and having a clean finish for the first time on the entire damn show meant a lot. Um, really good match. Great first <laughs> loss for Joe. Great win for angle to launch this version of him and TNA. I thought it was really well done. Best thing booked on the show. Uh, the post-match was good too. Almost even like a double turn there. You know what I mean? It was almost like Joe went to like, you know, going into the match, Joe's the heel clearly. And then like at the end of it, it's like, you know, Kurt's like, Nope, I beat you. And walks away. And like, it's almost like you could. And then when Joe leaves, they're kind of cheering Joe. So it, it's almost like they pulled off a double turn, which is really hard to do. Um, five solid beers. Again, there was a, a couple of clunky spots. And it did take a little too long to get the juice, but I gave it, I gave it five solid beers. Uh, Wex, where are you at on it? What's in the air tonight, but I literally have the exact same rating as you five whole brewskis. And dude, this match was fantastic. There's no other way to describe it. There were so many sick, like 
counters, reversals, just like the intensity, the hard hitting of the match, like everything, like that brutal ass, like swing into the fucking barricade rail on angle was just one like the right at the beginning of the match. And it was the most brutal things in the match. I was just like, God yeah. damn. And like you said, that suplex where he almost broke his neck. I was like, shit, but he didn't. So they kept going and just dude, everything about this match, like the very end where they were like, you, like you were talking about when like transitioning from the coquina clutch into the ankle lock, then back out and like doing it again. And then, you know, had them locking in with the legs, wrapping it around, like, it was just, mwah, it was a kiss. It was per- perfect ending there. Like, yeah. Only thing, only I don't know what could have made this a six pack match. Maybe if it was just a little bit longer, a little bit yeah, more time. Yeah, it was yeah, only like maybe, a, it was, maybe it was a, a shorter match. It was only like a fifteen minute match at most. And I feel like something like this should have got a, a good twenty, twenty to thirty minutes because they can, they could have yeah, probably yeah. gone. A, yeah, and they have put on. It was about tw- it was about twenty minutes. It was about twenty twenty two minutes, and I think yeah, about thirty that would have been great. Well, it makes sense. They this is their first encounter. They had many other they many other great encounters. They probably didn't want to blow their load on the first match. Right. They wanted to keep it going. They knew they could make some money off this. You know, Jeff Jarrett did. loves to make money. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh. Yeah. I mean, overall, this is the best thing on the show. Match of the night there for sure. Definitely go check out that main event. Worth it for sure. TNA Genesis overall. Overall, I'm going to give it. Honestly, most of it was mediocre for me. It wasn't really the all trash. It was just mostly mediocre and a couple, actually just one really trash match and with a, and one really good one. So I'm going to say about two and a half beers total overall. Maybe not quite in the middle, a little less, but not a terrible show. Yeah. Uh, just not, not a great show. I would agree. Um, I'd say about. I was going to say two and a half, 2.75, but yeah, not quite a three. Yeah, I agree. Okay. That, a one good le- match, less than average. that one good match is not enough to put it over the threshold. Right. It's less than average, but it's not the shits. We'll say that. Okay. Uh, but let's jump into the next show here. It's WWF Survivor Series 2001. Very cool. Freddie Blassie in black and white kind of promo, open promo uh, with a, like an invasion recap. And then we're finally going to put the invasion angle to rest here once and for all. Uh, so it's actually a pretty monumental, um, pretty monumental WWF pay-per-view. Uh, but then, or so I, I should say, and then I, then the first match actually proves otherwise. Uh, the match is Christian versus Al Snow for the WWF Uni- European Championship. Uh, it just seems so, so random. Like, it literally seems like uh, when you were playing, like, I don't know, SmackDown, Just Bring It, or whatever, whatever was out at this time. Uh, maybe even, like, yeah, I think it was, like, the first ever SmackDown, I think, had come out in 2001. Um, yeah, so the, like we're you, still playing. No, we're still playing No Mercy in 2001. I think that's when that came out too. Ye, no, yeah, because WrestleMania 2000 came out in 2000, and No Mercy came out the next year. Maybe you're right, but I know that SmackDown came out in 01 too. So maybe yeah, because like, that's the same. It's probably the same time period because that was on PS1, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I'm like when you generate, like, did no you ever Mercy. play the the first PlayStation, uh, the first SmackDown though on PlayStation? Yes, because my brother at his dad's house that he used to go to on the weekends, I got to go over there and play it a few times, and it was fucking cool. Nice, yeah, yeah. So you know how you would like have the uh, in your career mode, it would like have those automated cards, and it would just look so random. Oh like, yeah, it, yeah. It would just be like Scotty Too Hotty versus Kane in a ladder match for the European Championship or whatever. That's yeah. exactly what this felt like. Like that's exactly what Christian versus Al Snow for the WWF European Championship opening up. Like it just seems really weird. Um, and it almost felt like it should have been a dark match too, because like 
there was just absolutely no investment there. I mean, neither guy is really over as a singles and I love Christian, but in 2001, he was not over as a singles wrestler. Um, I would, I would dare argue that while Al Snow has, has made a massive contribution contribution to the wrestling business, Al Snow was never really over as a singles, um, except for maybe an ECW for maybe a year at most. Um, he had, he had a little, he had a little run there. He had a few years where he was over. Uh, okay. All right. Well, if you, if you say so, um, yeah, the whole match was just kind of, I mean, it wasn't that it was bad. It just, I don't know. It just, it, there was no weight there. It just felt really weird. Uh, the match didn't help either guy. Uh, I gave it a beer because the match was just, I mean, it was just, the work was fine. It just was boring. And I don't know. Yeah. I gave it a beer. What'd you think about it? Well, I rated a little bit higher you, but I'm going to disagree with some of your sentiment that you said, because this match actually had a little bit of story because Christian, I don't remember. Al Snow was actually a uh, guest on commentary for, I guess, Sunday night heat earlier, maybe Oh, they explained okay. because he was doing something with the tough enough people. Cause he was the trainer and Christian like mocked him and attacked him on commentary. So it somehow set up this match later. Either that had to whatever. Basically, that set up this match, and the mm-hmm. whole and they kind of sold it on commentary that you know Al Snow, even though he's been training, you know he hasn't been in the ring in a while, and he's kind of he kind of is off his game a little bit. But I mean, that was really the only story there. The only really good highlight in this match is when Al Snow hit the snowplow. It was perfect. It was like one of the best snowplows I've ever seen. It was he stalled it for a second, hit it real nice. But besides that, yeah, two beers. Yeah, snowplow is a good move. Uh, I really wish somebody would just steal it because I feel like it's a good move. He needs uh, to bless hit one of his OVW students, like a good one, with the snowplow and bring it back to national TV. I mean, I, I mean, just steal it. Just I don't saying. wrestle, but uh, we know a couple I mean, wrestlers. It's cool. It's, cool, it's a cool kind of like brain buster, like suplex thing. Slam you know a thing. suplex assassin. Maybe he could Ooh, use it. We do. We do. Maybe we'll put a little, uh, little birdie in his ear. Um, yeah, I mean, so wait, what was your overall again? What'd you say? Two beers? Yeah, just two. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, let's move on here. We got Austin with a promo in the back, uh, and it's kind of all over the place, but he locks it up towards the end and it's great. I mean, it's Austin. I mean, so it's like, it's all over the place, but like in the best way, like in the attitude era way where it's like, it's all over the place, but literally everybody in that room is a hall of famer. Like every single person in that room is a hall of famer. So it's like awesome like i don't know it just made it made sense you could tell that like there's improv there and austin still locked it back up at the end and said all the shit he needed to say and it's like this is the height of austin being funny because it's like it was funny but he was like he was still stone cold like he was still just not cracking a joke like you know what i mean like he was still being a badass kind of that's basically what happened with hill stone cold he was still being serious being the same but it was just funny because he was that's he was a bad guy so it was funny that he was doing that i guess Yeah. yeah and I also enjoyed this shit. It was fucking hilarious, especially the very end of it where they're all walking. When he tells them to leave, he's like, I'm the leader, you know, get behind Stone Cold, you know, I'm the leader, get out of here. He's like, but don't look at me like that. Kurt, get your ass out of here. (laughs) Saying shit to everybody as they were leaving, dude, that cracked me the fuck up. And I was like, hell yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was good. And then, you know, Vince kind of gets his own promo and that's pretty good too. Uh, Vince kind of does the whole thing with Linda about, Blah, 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 you know, shit happens, yada, yada, yada. Um, it was what it was. Let's, it was let's a very here. calm McMahon promo. He didn't do his Vince McMahon voice. He just did a very, very Jake the Snake-esque. It was almost his commentary promo. voice. 
Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was his classic WWF commentary voice. It was his pre-screwjob yeah. voice. Yes, pre-screwjob voice. I agree. I agree fully. Um, yeah, moving on, though. Let's get to the next match. It's, it's William Regal versus Tajiri. Um, see, I, I know there's a lot here. I know there's a lot of meat on this bone. There's a lot of story here. There's a lot involved. At the time, too, William Regal and Tajiri are both on television quite a bit, too. Um I mean, Tajiri popped Regal in the nose early, and honestly, like a little bit of the hard way color kind of definitely made Regal more menacing, especially considering he had been a lot of a comedy character in this the past like year or so. Um, and it definitely made him seem a lot more legit. Um, and there's, you know, I mean, I feel like the actual match was more than solid. I mean, it, it wasn't great, but it was really, really good. Um, it was quick and to the point, and I really felt like it made it made Regal look a little bit more serious uh, than he had in years past. Um, and it also gave sympathy to Tajiri. It also, you know, gave sympathy to Tori Wilson for taking that tiger bomb. Hats off to her. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a little over the middle with it. I'm about three and a quarter beers, just a little bit no, over the middle. No way. Yeah. No fucking way. That's yeah. literally the exact same rating <laughs> that I have for this match. There ain't no fucking way. And dude, yeah. Just like if it would have been longer, it could have got a higher rating because like for the short, it was a short, sweet, like it's the definition of short and sweet. It was yep. fucking perfect. Like cool. Like they fit in a couple really cool spots in a short amount of time. That little uh, rope choke spot was sick. The little springboard elbow, the, the cla- you know, the little Jay Lethal type beat that he, yeah. you know, clear dude. Regal just looked like you said, he looked super menacing, super gnarly with the bloody yeah. nose. because It just kept bleeding the entire match. And Good little match, man. Yeah, it was fucking I honestly I did not expect it to be as good as it was, but I mean it's Tajiri and Regal, two of the best of all time, so you can't really expect anything less from them. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um after the match we got a really good video package for the Intercontinental and US title like unification match between Test and Edge. Uh and then Test cut a promo and it was really bad, of course. Um and then Edge cut a promo and it was okay. Uh not great because he wasn't quite where uh he needed to be. It's only two thousand one. He's still Definitely in the upper mid card title picture. Uh, definitely not the rated R superstar yet. So, oh, um, close. Yeah, let's get into the match here. It's Tess versus Edge. Uh, and I, okay, look, I think this might be Tess's best match. I think it might be his best match of all time. Um, Edge did a really good job of like kind of leading the crowd or leading, leading, leading the, uh, the match itself and kind of carrying a lot of it. But the crowd was really hot. And there were some really good false finishes in there. Uh, I didn't hate it at all. Um, no noticeable botches from Test, which I think is very rare. Um, I'm not saying there weren't any. I'm just saying that if there were some, the only people that knew were probably the referee and Edge, um, which is good, right? So, um, yeah, the match was good, man. It was, it was a good, quick finish. The crowd popped big, too. I thought the match was solid. I gave it three and three-quarter beers, um, 3.75. Where are you at on it? I almost had the exact same rating again, but only by a quarter of a beer. I gave it three and a half, and I literally have the same note. This is the best test match ever. Even though I really enjoyed that match with him and Kane, this is pretty much the opposite of that. This was like a completely different style of match, and like you said, no noticeable botches. I didn't notice anything. One of the most smooth, fluid test matches, and we're talking about the rated R superstar stuff. When he became the radar superstar, I hated that fucking theme song. I still hate his theme song, but... Even though I don't like Rob Zombie, the theme song he had at this point was good. Yeah, I thought it worked for Edge. <laughs> like I don't know, it it fuck it worked for Edge and it worked for the character. I I thought it was sick. I'm not uh, a yeah, fan of good, Rob Zombie though. Like song. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go play the CD, but I would rather listen to this song than in the hey. 
I say clearly. Oh, that bullshit. I, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty buck rocky to me. The they're both about the same to me, honestly. But uh, I mean, Rob Zombie's like butt rock metal with dreads, but I mean, it's still the same. Uh, it. I don't know. It's a butt rock vibe, but the Rob Zombie I mean, butt listen, rock I'm vibe. I'm gonna say this one time. There is a time and place for butt rock, okay? And I think 2001 and Edge's entrance and WWF and the yeah, Attitude it's Era. WWF 2001. That's time we get and the Creed My Sacrifice later in the show. Yeah, Creed My Sacrifice was was 100 percent 2001. I think that like okay. And I'm going to say this also, too. We, we, we do a lot of shitting on Butt Rock, but Butt Rock is very popular for a reason. It got it, it earned its role, right? Like, there was a time and place for Butt Rock. Gladly, that time there and place still is. is. It's like, the, it's your, it, it's, it sells. Uh, it has fans. I don't think, I mean, okay, yes, it does have fans. I don't know if it, I don't know if new Butt Rock fit sells. I, honestly, I don't know. No, but I mean, I, like, not new, but, like, the, the loyal fans of those original bands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. always, oh, they'll yeah, be able to make yeah, money forever. Forever, forever. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And I will say that, like, there's a time and place for, for butt rock. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, like, just, like, shit hammer drunk at, like, an indie show in the South, like, I don't think that there's anything other that you can put on other than, like, butt rock, like, entrances. Or, like, I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna feel like it's a genuine backwoods indie wrestling show. You know what I mean? Yeah, or you have like the one guy that'll come out to Batista's theme song. Yes, I need, but I need that kind of authenticity. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, I first need that show, the first show I ever did commentary on, some guy came out to the Batista theme song, and I looked and I was like, "Is, is this guy for real? Is, is this a joke?" But nah, he he was dead oh, fucking serious. I wanted to. I wanted to. That would have been great. Oh I want man! Miles inside this pit of danger. It's a good one. I like that. I think you missed your calling as a butt rock singer, my friend. I mean, I, I've, I've always uh, thought that myself, but uh, l- l- let's l- let's get back onto the path of the wrestling, okay? <laughs> All right, so there's a Stephanie and Kurt Angle promo in the back, and it's really, really good. Um, the Hardys and the leader promo was really, really bad. Um, it was didn't, I mean, it was real bad, like... God, Matt Hardy looked like he was like a deer in the headlights having to deliver all those lines, and it was not good at all. Um, the it's poor, I mean, it's trying just to get him to deliver lines. We we know he can cut promos. No, I think it's just where he was in his career. Yeah, man. he was. He, you know he was what I mean? Still, like, he, I mean, he didn't really get. He honestly didn't really get good at promos until like two or three years later. I'd say like the V one, like version yeah, one. Matt yeah, V one. I, I mean, to this day, I think Matt Hardy's a much better promo than Jeff Hardy. But there's something oh, about yeah, it. Like, Je- Jeff is like just so redneck. Like it's I don't just know how the they explain factor, it. Dude. it. Jeff Hardy just has the it factor. It's it's not it's not the look. It's not like, I mean, because now he's got paint on and nobody can even see his face. It's there's just something. He's just it's an intangible that no one can really explain. But that dude is a star for sure. I mean, and like, I used no to have a Je- I used to have a Jeff Hardy poster on my wall yeah. as a child. He was one of my favorites. I, mean, I never I never had a, a Jeff Hardy poster because I was already a grown man by the time all, most of this was happening, but. Well, I was like ten, and I was like dunk dunk, and I met him on Broadway after SmackDown. And I was like dunk dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. The next match on the card here is the Dudleys versus the Hardys tag team unification match. Um, it's fast paced and it's hot from the jump. It's a, okay. My only honest discrepancy with this match is that there's basic tag rules inside a cage. Yes, me like, too, dude. I was like, what? Honestly, my only tag? real issue, like. Aside from that, it's incredible. I mean, those dudes have, like, well-documented chemistry together. Um, and honestly, like, okay, so uh, it, uh, it's I feel weird about it because it's, like, it doesn't make sense to have the basic tag rules. But at the same time, I do feel like it kept it from being 
all clutter all the time. So, like, I, I kind of get it. It just didn't really make sense to me, I guess. Uh, there were some really innovative spots that I thought, too. Um, and honestly, it felt like it could have used a little a little more. Um, maybe I just kind of have high expectations as opposed to, like, the TNA show. Um, but the table spot looked way too long to set up. Like, the table spot just took way too long to set up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bump was great, and the story that was there for sure. But, yeah, it was just kind of a, a little bit of a letdown there. Uh, and the match was certainly very good, but it it did feel like it was missing something to kind of keep, you know, make it a classic. Still very, very good. I still gave it four and a quarter, um, but not not a classic. Uh, wh- wh- what do you where are you at on it? So fucking close to you yet again. But I went four and a half beers on this match and same thing. I was like weird that it's not a tornado tag in a cage. And I, I know exactly what you said just now about the tag kind of let it from being a clusterfuck. But we saw the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros do it perfectly and honestly i think that dudley's and hardy's at this point in their career well, we they rate, could, you rated that much we rated that match higher than four and four and a half years i think <laughs> yeah ex- i mean yeah but exactly so it, they probably could have done without the fucking tag stipulations but besides that dude exactly and the egregious long setup for the weapon like i just gave criticism in the tna genesis pay-per-view with sting and fucking abyss like when it takes that long to set up a weapon, it just like it loses. It just it just takes me out of it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, you're supposed to be suspending my disbelief, and you're taking forever. I mean, yeah, we got to see Tori. Was that? A, I mean, we got to see Stacy Keebler show her ass. I mean, yay! But I mean, does that really? Is that worth it? No. For the sacrifice so. of the match? No, it's not. Ass from a random wrestler is not worth it. Agreed. So fully agreed. Besides that, I mean. But everything, like, dude, the brutal splash, like, through the cage, like, uh, up against the cage, the, like you said, the swanton through the table, and yeah. I, the story was good, though. It did, like, help further the descent between the Hardy Boys, because Matt's like, like, dude, what the fuck? I what escaped, fuck, bro? you could have escaped, and, yeah. bro, what are you doing? But, yeah, it was really fucking good. I mean, besides the Young Bucks and uh, Lucha Bros, it's probably one of the better tag team cage matches I've ever seen in my life which I don't really think I've ever really seen many tag team cage matches, to be honest. Yeah. No, I it's agree. not a very popular stipulation, but yeah, very solid. Not my match of the night. I don't think. Nope. Uh, but it's still pretty good. If you guys want to check it out, it's pretty sick. If you're a Hardy fan, if you're a Dudley fan, and then pretty you sick. get a nice name drop of big daddy Dudley on commentary by Heyman and Jr. doesn't give a fuck. He's like, fuck. He was like, he, he don't give a fuck who big daddy Dudley is. Cause he no, didn't he- know- didn't believe that they were half brothers, but you know, Big Daddy Dudley gets around. He does. He most certainly does. Uh, the promo package for WWF Live, like the tour, like the stops where they were going, was cool <laughs> to see, like the old school nostalgia thing. It popped me. Uh, Foley at WWF New York. Uh, so I don't know if you remember this, but he was the commissioner like prior to this, and him like apparently like this was a half shoot, like like oh on, yeah, like live he wasn't supposed to say a lot of this, and you can kind of hear Jr. being like, uh, uh well, well, uh, like yeah, because he's like he basically said that this doesn't mean shit, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Fo- Foley's just yeah, Foley's just out there spouting off, man. I thought it was I thought it was great actually. Um, Test beats up Scotty in the back and delivers like the worst middle school bully lines ever. Oh um, my god, dude! Whoever wrote that shit now you're not should have been fired. Oh. God, what a fucking nerd. God, what a nerd. Was Kevin uh, Dunn or Vince McMahon responsible for that one or both of them? Uh, I think that it's... Actually, I think it's Brian Gerwitz at this point. Gerwitz, Gerwitz, Gerwitz. 
Gerwitz. Well, that was that was garbage, dude. Trash. Yeah, not good. Not good. Speaking of trash, let's keep it growing here. It's a keep your job for a year battle royal. Yep, that's what this is. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's just a way to get guys on the show. It's one of your big four shows. But there's nothing memorable about this match. It sucked. It was really clunky. People just kind of came in and out as they pleased too, which was really made it even worse. And then Test wins. Big surprise. Like, I gave it negative one beer. I gave it negative a beer. That's what I gave it. You, where are you at on it? I had, I put basically, I'm dud or negative beer. I couldn't quite decide how bad it was, but yeah, it wasn't that good. It was just random as fuck. There was no meaning to this, and Test got immunity after this. Like, what the fuck did Test do with his career after this? This was the peak of Test's career. I think he lasted for another two or three years, maybe. I think but once like he cut his hair, that was it. Once he cut his hair, his shit was over. Oh, I agree. I agree for like sure. That, that ended his push. And God damn it, I hate his song, Test, Test, This Is A Test. And then it's just the SmackDown theme song for like the rest of it. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, and his little really Test tattoo that's the T. R.I.P. He's probably, you know, he had, he had some problems. He's probably a good guy. I don't know him personally, but, you know, the character and the whole end thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, uh, and it's in, his name is like Andrew Thomas or Andrew... No, Andrew, Andrew Thomas was the referee. That's right. TNA and Andrew his Martin. Name. His name was Andrew Martin. That Andrew Martin. Name. And Andrew Thomas is also a local wrestler from Tennessee, indie wrestler that uh, mm. called a, quite a few of his matches. Mm. That's probably quite a little sensation down here in the. Anyway, uh, we're not set. talking about Andrew Martin. Uh, that's his name. I hope maybe he was a great guy. We're just talking about the character test. Anytime yeah, we talk about anybody. Zero, zero, yeah. zero. And how did Prince Albert never rip a fucking piercing out out of all of his matches? Like I thought. I feel like that was kind of crazy wrestling. Hey buddy. Shit. Hey buddy. It's uh I hate to tell you this, but it, it's not a shoot. They're uh then it's predetermined, so they're not they're not gonna rip out no, his No, I'm saying like what if he you know, like by accident, not like on purpose, obviously. So then we get a Booker T and Shane promo in the back. <laughs> you just <laughs> So let's keep going. All right. <laughs> we got a Booker T and Shane promo in the back, and that was actually pretty solid. One of the only solid like uh, alliance promos um, of the evening for sure. And then the next match here is Jackie versus Trish versus Lita versus Ivory versus Jazz, and this whole thing is a shit show. Uh, it's not good at all. Uh, Jackley, J- Jackley, Jacqueline Jackley. <laughs> is easy. Uh, is easily the worker that's kind of carrying the load in this one for sure. Um, Trish and Lita still haven't really gotten all the way there yet. I mean, they're they're not like Trish Stratus and Lita of like 2003 or 2004. Um, I mean, the highlight of the match was just Jr. saying Trish came in the back door, as I'm sure you'd love to do, Paul. And that was just that uh, that <laughs> like I and he did it so quick that like I was like wait, and I literally rewinded that, and it's like after after Trish does the roll up pin. It's like he's talking through the replay and it's like and then like during the replay, it goes up on it goes just to them at the table. And he's like, <laughs> he's, like <laughs> JR. he's like, he's like, he's like, Trish came in the back, as I'm sure you'd love to do, Paul. <laughs> I just I just oh, God, I got it. I, I, it was just it really popped me. So for that, I gave it half a beer. Uh, where are you at on it? Yeah, uh, I gave it a dud anyways because, yeah, it was just pretty much fucking trash. And I hate the original six-pack challenge rules where it's like it's like a tag team match but not a yeah. tag team match. Like, I liked it later and it was just like, you know, a fatal six-way if you would, you yeah. know, something like that. But, yeah, this fucking match concept and literally 
there were two catapults like almost within like 30 seconds of each other and they both sucked. Yep. It was, it was just trash. Good. I mean, just random fucking bullshit chaos. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Dudski. Zero. I'm going to stick with that half of year because I thought that JR line was. That was a good line. I'll give you that. And Paul Heyman had some fucking zingers all night. Yeah. So yeah. JR hitting them back with one was a nice, nice, yes, nice. Very good. Uh, then we get a Vince promo with like Team WWF, I guess, and it was pretty solid. Um, you know, mentioning all the all the uh, legends, it it really did get you hype. And it's like honestly, as I watched this promo, it was like, it's hard. Like it really is hard twenty years later, because we are all WWE kids or WWF kids. You know what I mean? We really are. We that's how, none of us. Are, I don't care what anyone says. Like. Oh, well, it's, you know, I, I love Japan. Like, I love AEW. Like, okay, that's fine. That's great. It's great. I love AEW now, too. I don't, I think WWE sucks right now, too. I agree. But, like, we're all WWE guys. Like, this is, I mean, we, so Vince being good here and, like, delivering this line to literally all Hall of Famers was just, it's like, this is why I was a fan. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. Like, this is why I was a WWF guy for so long. And this is why I think it, it's like, it almost hurts my feelings that WWE sucks now. You know what I mean? It's it's almost like I feel betrayed by WWE, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, you guys could be better. Like, I know what you have on your roster, and you could be better. And What you choose they had not- on their roster? Shit. I mean, dude, even with. Dude, yeah, even with. They still have some of the greatest wrestlers yes. in the world. I mean, honestly, I think, like, all this Nick Khan business stuff that's been oh, happening. No, I think he's the one who's really fucking everything up. Yeah, he's the one. And he's the one for it sure. looks like they're about to sell the motherfucker because why Vince's is right mind when he released some of these wrestlers? Like you could repack like Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, for example, those are goddamn superstars. You just need to present them in the right manner. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Keith Lee for sure. Bronson Reed for sure. We just stopped talking about him. He's been released. I think New Japan's well, no, actually making a push actually, for him. Actually, he was supposed to be at uh, Bound for Glory, but he had some visa issues. He's going to be an impact. Oh, is he? Yeah. Nice. Okay, I like that. Good. Good to know. Let's go to, let's go to some of those tapings, man. Hang out. Let's get him on the show. Uh, big fan. Big fan, Bronny. Uh, but let's keep it going here. Uh, Let's go video. by Jonah Rock, but by, by the Jonah, way. love it, love it, love it. Jonah Rock, I'm into it. Or maybe See? just I don't know. That, that was his Australian name, but let's get to it. Let's the get main to event. It. The main event here, baby. Let's get into the main event. Uh, the video package for this was very, very good. Even though the Butt Rock song was peak Butt Rock, it was still very good. Um, it's anyway. It's the Alliance versus Team WWF, and I mean. It's all stars. And the idea of elimination definitely helps the match. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that apart from the uh, the Canadian Stampede in 97, that pay-per-view with the multi-man tag match, yeah, this is the best multi-man tag match I have ever seen in my entire life. I, I'm like, bar none. Like, this is... For it to be a 10-man tag and for me to give it match of the night is insanity. Like, that's insanity. Um, I mean, it's really great. Uh, the Austin Rock Open was great, and it all circles back to that too. So whoever was the uh, the agent for this match, which I'm sure it was Pat Patterson, phenomenal. I mean, just absolute work of art here. Like this is this match. How you make it all work is was great. It was phenomenal from top to bottom. The pile of finishers on Big Show to get him out first, and the same for Shane was really good. It's I mean, 
it fits the story. It finally ends the failed alliance thing. It all made sense. The final four was great. Um, the rock Austin close was a damn good match on its own. Like just the rock and Austin being the last two participants. I feel like they alone got 10 or 12 minutes. Dude, like uh, exactly. Dude, they, they were the highlight of the match. They got their own match within the match. Even the, even if the match had ended within two minutes of Austin and rock being the last two guys, it still would have been a great match though. Like, like the other guys did a phenomenal job. I mean, it's, I don't, is there a single person? Okay. Is there a single person in this match Wex that is not a hall of famer? No, not, I mean, like, even I'll, even I'll, I'll even give it to Shane McMahon. Oh yeah, of course. He's putting yeah. his work. Like everybody in this match is like, no one, no one's arguing. Like, I mean, these were like, for the, sure, but yeah, I mean, yes, hundred percent Hall of Famer. I wouldn't say for the WCW side, the people they could have used, but like, honestly, everybody in this match are like people that we all fucking grew up with that are like all legends that we can't, yes. that we all love. Like, yeah. there's not a single person in this match that I'm just like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. No, the match was great, man. I mean, it was. It really doesn't get better than than, than this for a multi man match. Period. To me, uh, I gave it five and a half beers, man. Five and a half beers. Loved it. Loved it to death. I can't. I can't. I can't in good conscience give a ten man match at six beers, but five and a half is the highest I can give it. Where you at on it? I didn't go quite five and a half, but still very close. Only a half a beer off. I gave it five beers, and there's only like a few little things, like because, like you said, it's a multi man. It was very long, so that can kind of take away some of the ratings. But, I mean, I guess the length worked for, like, what it, exactly. It definitely worked for what it was, but, like, when you're just factoring your overall rating. Like, but Austin to Rock, obviously the stars of this, and it go, them at the very end was perfect. Jericho doing the double cross at the end was perfect, basically to set them up to go against each other. And he used the stroke again. So did, like, briefly – because he did that in the other pay-per-view, but, like, we covered, like, before this or a few before this. Oh, yeah. Did Jericho use that as a finisher briefly for, like... Briefly, yes. Like, super briefly? Because He talked about that. And oh, it's not really the, the stroke. It's more like a... The... It's more like the skull-crushing skull finale. skull finale, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they're both similar. It's a frontwards rushing legs, yeah. rushing leg sweep. Well, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just thought that was super weird, and I was just like, damn. But I think it's funny that The Undertaker did two old schools and yelled, old school, really loud twice. On, I don't know. I just thought that was fucking ridiculous. And where was Undertaker on January 6th, hmm? Oh, my goodness. Nah, just oh, kidding. my goodness. That's a that little much. Uh, I know it's it's funny it's it's comedy but it is uh, <laughs> it's comedy <laughs> but uh, yeah dude that every, the ending of the match was just so perfect like they like you said it's a masterpiece they couldn't have done it any better like the only thing like gripe the only would have like made this perfect which would have kind of flipped the story a bit if Kurt Angle was on Team WWF and the Big Show was on Team yes, WCW I agree. Line, because that actually makes fucking sense. Yeah, It'd be all true WWF guys going against guys who have been yes. in the other companies. Yeah, I agree. Besides that, that's the only thing that just was like, oh, I wish it just could have been I, like, mm, but besides, you know, they fucked up so much booking in this whole storyline. Honestly, the match better than the whole angle itself. I love that's it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, over, I, overall, five beers for me. I didn't go five and a half, but yeah. Match of the night for sure, and I think this show. I mean, it's I think it's the better show. 
Oh yeah. Oh, bar none. I think I think this is just. I mean, of the two, of, of yes. DNA Genesis versus uh, Survivor Series 01, absolutely Survivor Series 01. I also think this might be one of the best Survivor Series like shows ever. One. Yeah, of, I will go ahead and rate that five. up there. Yeah, up there with Deadly Game '98, which is probably the best one, my favorite. And then you got the Screw Job. Heyman reference on commentary. He was like, he's like, he goes, Earl Hebner has no problem with ringing the bell early at Survivor Series. Oh my goodness gracious. Yes, I love that. And I just noticed when I said Survivor Series, I said it very, very country, very uh, Tennessee. Maybe I like did that. Not red- put on my radio voice. I said, what do you, I said what Survivor you, Series. You what, do, what do you think? What do you think the uh, the redneck super fan would have thought about this main event here? It was like, dude, I love Stone Cold. I can't believe Stone Cold fucking lost. I don't care if he's going to be for the Alliance or I don't WWF or whatever. Dude, Stone Cold's my favorite wrestler. I mean, the Rock's cool, but I mean, I like Stone Cold. <laughs> I love it. I'm a big fan. I am a big fan. I think this kayfabe comparison this week, um, it's got to go to the WWF, man. It's got to go to the Attitude Era. It's got to go to Survivor Series 01. Um, I mean, please go back and watch that Lance Hoyt and our, our Ron the Truth Killings uh, intro because that's, I mean, that's worth worth its weight in gold for sure uh i wouldn't get copyright stricken on youtube i'd upload it for everybody to see but uh it's fucking great go watch uh, it no i think we should do it anyway i mean i just i mean what's the worst that could happen good goodness gracious i mean also <laughs> I dude, go, and, do it. go and watch samoa joe versus kurt angle from this show it's easily a re- it's i mean don't watch any other match on the show to be honest but watch that one it's very very good um now survivor series 2001 there's lots of good stuff on this card uh, but the main event's easily the the win- breadwinner here, for sure. Now we have to. We I know we already talked about our our current event stuff, but we haven't talked about our random page predictions that we took last week. So we have to go over those quickly if we can. Do you remember what they were? Yes, the matches last week were uh, Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, Abaddon versus Britt Baker in the uh-huh. Halloween Trick or Treat match. Uh huh. And. Was the other match? Dante Martin versus Matt. Seidel. Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. Yes. And okay, so I picked Dante Martin just like you did, right? Yep. Okay, so we got that one because uh, Dante Martin won. Yes, he did. All right, so the next match, the Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. I think we both picked Brian Danielson. Correct? We both did. We both did. And then the main event, I picked Abaddon, I'm pretty sure. Yes, you did. And she did not win. Britt Baker won. So for the second week in a row. (laughs) The AEW predictions winner is going to be Mr. Uh, Daniel over here. Mr. Know-it-all. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. Let's just, uh, you know, when you've you've won just so many times. Here it is. Yeah, that's the uh, AEW. We need to we need so, to get like a uh, we need to get like a one of those label makers and just put like predictions under the AEW, like just a sticker that says predictions. So yeah, it's like so, AEW predictions champion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, n- next week when I go to Daniel's birthday party, if he's still the champion, yes. I'm gonna deliver the gold to him personally. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm super. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and make like the label for it, so that way I can have it ready. Um, yeah, man. Speaking of next week, though, we got a lot of really fun stuff on the docket. Um, I know we've kind of given you guys some some other stuff, but we've got some really cool uh, stuff coming up here. We, we're kind of in the middle of a transition, um, going from the Holy Trinity format to, 
to me and Wex. So we we were using uh, kind of like our pre-built schedule before, and now we're kind of like changing some of that up. So, um, yeah, man, today was WWF Survivor Series 2001 versus TNA Genesis 06. Um, next week, we are still doing um, NXT TakeOver Toronto 2016 versus WCW World War Three 1996. And that should kind of like, that's actually the very following pay-per-view after the Halloween Havoc that we covered last week. Um, and honestly, Wex, we haven't really done a whole lot from 2016, especially in NXT. How you feeling about to- NXT TakeOver Toronto versus World War Three here? It's going to be, uh, I think it'll be a pretty good battle there. NXT 2016, I'm trying to remember who was still in NXT in 2016, but I clearly know who's in the WCW 1996 roster because we just covered that. So we will see the continuation of that NWO storyline, and I think World War III has like the triple rings, if I'm correct. Yeah, Yeah. it's like the world's biggest battle royal, like 60 dudes or something crazy like that. It's wild. It's going to be a wild one for sure. Uh, The following week, though, we get to get to cover a brand new AEW pay-per-view. It's one of our favorite things to do on the show. Uh, it's going to be AEW Full Gear going up against WWF Survivor Series 1996. So, 96 for WWF was kind of a rough time. I mean, they were getting their ass beat in no uncertain terms by WCW, and they were killing it with NWO. They're still having – I mean, I'm pretty sure that in this Survivor Series, don't – I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that both Fake Razor and Fake Diesel are on this show. Um, oh, really? Almost positive. So, I could be wrong. I think it may be, uh, but I know that they're at the uh, Royal Rumble, which is not far after this in 97. So I want to say that they make their debut around this time in 96. Um, So I'll be interested to see that one. And then uh, for our Thanksgiving special, um, I think what we're going to end up doing, and we, uh, Wex, kind of sent it over here. Do you want to go over what what you kind of proposed for the 25th of November? What do you think? I think we were going to kind of go... Uh, for the like, basically, we're gonna do our top like matches of the year, maybe some of our top wrestlers of the year, basically like a little top five or top ten type episode. We're gonna break down some of our, you know, some of our favorites and might not even be of the year. Just you know, we're gonna do a little top five, top ten type thing. You know, yeah, I get like in it. there. Maybe get some uh, interaction with the fans. Let's, yeah, let's go with ten. I like that. Let, well, yeah, top ten thing. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at kfabe.com. Um, we'll put a, we'll put like a little, uh, I guess not really a poll, but we'll essentially put in like, yo, like give us your top 10 so far of 2021. Uh, let's say, here, how about this? Instead of saying like uh, wrestlers or matches, let's just say your top 10 moments of 2021, right? So it could be a match, could just be a debut, could be someone's year. Like you could just say, yo, Britt Baker's year is my 2021 moment. Like you could do that, I guess. Like, um, you know, the most memorable things for you in 2021, your top 10 um, I love that idea. I think that that sounds super fun to me. Since we're rounding out, you know, the end of the year, and uh, that's pretty much going to be sort of like the last big shows are already going to be ha- are going to happen after that. Uh, full gear that happens next week, so full gear will already happen after that. And I can't really think of anything else. Maybe is that Ring of Honor final battle? When is that? That's in December. So that's we'll in be able December. To- we're going to cover that for sure. But you yeah. know. And, you know, if it happens to be very memorable, we'll say, all right, we'll go ahead and we'll go, we'll, we'll toss it back on the episode that we previously recorded. We'll just say that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. You guys, I want to, I've been so grateful for you guys that have been sticking with us uh, from like day one, the guys from the original with the KG cast, 
all the way through uh, the Holy Trinity, and now with Wex breaking the loss. And also, big shout out to all the new listeners. Grateful to have you guys on board. Uh, I'm gonna go through the socials a little bit more uh, diligently from now on because I did actually get a tweet being like, "Hey, this is not actually where you are." So listen, if you if you want to find us on Facebook, it's just the whole name, Kayfabe Comparisons. You will find us if you just type that in two words, Kayfabe Comparisons. You'll find us um, for Twitter and for Instagram. It is at Kfabe.com. For TikTok, it is at Kfabe.com Pod because Wex is a dummy and messed up the whole algorithm. He okay. He, this is I keep saying this and I don't think I've ever told the story. So Wex signed up the the podcast for the uh, like for their our TikTok account and he thought it would be a good idea to just put in like the age for the account to be the same age as the how long the podcast has been going. So for like two years. So TikTok's like, oh, nope, you're two and a half years old. You can't uh, have a TikTok account. As if a two-year-old could actually put it in, which is silly on TikTok's part. But at the same time, come on, dude. Come on, bro. You got to at least put a a 21-year-old age in there. Goodness. I know. I was, uh, I might have been slightly under the influence of something when I did it, like on a whim. Like, yeah, kayfabe, you know, TikTok, sick. And then I was like, yeah, kind of fucked it up. But I learned from my mistake, and I will not make my age on any account fucking yeah. two years old yeah that's a little ridiculous it's a little ridiculous so yeah man we're having fun over there on tiktok too actually i feel like we post i post more on that than anything else uh wex is kind of handling a lot of the twitter duties and we're definitely trying to keep you guys updated on the feed on instagram so thank you guys so much for following us uh if you want to find me personally i am at daniel daybreak on all of the socials all one word at daniel daybreak uh wex where can folks find you man you can find me at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all the other social medias, too. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace out. <laughs>